Acropolis. Only here they were filled not with shrouded corpses and cinerary urns, but with tall, open-topped jars, brimming over with papyrus scrolls. As the two men descended a flight of steps, the reek of incense grew stronger, and the silence was broken by a murmur that became steadily more distinct. Ahead lay two eagle-headed pillars which served as jams for great bronze doors that opened towards them. Facing them through the entrance were orderly rows of men, some sitting cross-legged on reed mats and wearing only loincloths, all hunched over low desks. Some were copying from scrolls laid out beside them. Others were transcribing dictations from black-robed priests, their low recitations forming the softly undulating chant they had heard as they approached. This was the scriptorium, the chamber of wisdom, a vast repository of written and memorized knowledge passed down from priest to priest since the dawn of history, since even before the pyramid builders. The attendant withdrew into the shadows of the stairwell. He was forbidden from entering the chamber, and now began the long wait until the time came to escort the Greek away. But this evening, instead of whiling away the hours in sullen resentment, he took a grim satisfaction in the events planned for the night. The old man pushed past in his eagerness to get on. This was his final night in the temple, his last chance to fathom the mystery that had obsessed him since his previous visit. Tomorrow was the beginning of the month-long festival of Thoth, when all newcomers were barred from the temple. He knew that an outsider would never again be granted an audience with the high priest. In his haste, The Greek stumbled into the room, dropping his scroll and pens with a clatter which momentarily distracted the scribes from their work. He muttered in annoyance and glanced around apologetically, before collecting together his bundle and shuffling between the men towards an annex at the far end of the chamber. He ducked under a low doorway and sat down on a reed mat, his previous visits giving him the only intimation that there might be another seated in the darkness before him. Solon, the lawmaker, I am Amenhotep, the high priest. The voice was barely audible, little more than a whisper, and sounded as old as the gods. Again it spoke. You come to my temple at Sais, and I receive you. You seek knowledge, and I give what the gods will impart. The formal salutations over, the Greek quickly arranged his white robe over his knees and readied his scroll. From the darkness, Amenhotep leaned forward, just enough for his face to be caught in a flickering shaft of light. Solon had seen it many times before, but it still sent a shudder through his soul. It seemed disembodied, a luminous orb suspended in the darkness, like some spectre leering from the edge of the underworld. It was the face of a young man suspended in time, as if mummified. The skin was taut and translucent, almost parchment-like, and the eyes were glazed over with the milky sheen of blindness. Amenhotep had been old before Solon was born. It was said that he had been visited by Homer in the time of Solon's great-grandfather, and that it was he who told of the siege of Troy, of Agamemnon and Hector and Helen, and of the wanderings of Odysseus. Solon would have dearly loved to ask him about this and other matters, but in so doing he would be violating his agreement not to question the old priest. Solon leaned forward attentively, determined not to miss anything in this final visit. At length Amenhotep spoke again, his voice no more than a ghostly exhalation. Lawmaker, 
Tell me whereof I spoke yesterday. Solon quickly unraveled his scroll, scanning the densely written lines. After a moment he began to read, translating the Greek of his script into the Egyptian language they were now speaking. A mighty empire once ruled the larger part of the world, he peered down in the gloom. Its rulers lived in a vast citadel up against the sea, a great maze of corridors like nothing seen since. They were ingenious workers in gold and ivory, and fearless bullfighters. But then, for defying Poseidon, the sea god, in one mighty deluge the citadel was swallowed beneath the waves, its people never to be seen again. Solon stopped reading and looked up expectantly. That is where you finished. After what seemed an interminable silence, the old priest spoke again, his lips scarcely moving and his voice little more than a moan.